listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Bobby Field is going through all types of physical and mental torture. But that's all right, because we said even before this happened, and we're going to say it after this, and after I'm locked up, and after everybody's locked up, that you can jail revolutionaries, but you can't jail a revolution. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 55. Jake is drinking Topo Chico. We're drinking water out here. With lime. Ooh. We're getting hydrated out here. Uh, this you guys is episode could get, You guys could get on the Topo uh, with orange. That's where it's at. Oh. You know? Is it? Here's the widest sentence I could say. A girl at Whole Foods turned me on to it. She was like, you gotta try this. <laughs> and I was like... Because I was just buying, I was just buying like the twist of lime, and she's like, "Have you ever tried with the orange?" I was like, "I didn't even know topo with orange existed." Piercing. I think so, actually. Oh, well. uh, so this is episode fifty-five. Judas and the Black Messiah, a uh, banger. Dex, Jake, Teej, and I am Royden Ogletree. Thank you for joining us. On if you're on YouTube, go subscribe to that. You can listen to this episode raw and uncut. Uh, but if you're not, we uh, had a what was a drumline watch along last episode that five people listened to, but we appreciate you for downloading that as well, guys. How are we doing? I really hope people actually like watched along and somehow like hooked us up to a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, just fucking. It, we're in our li- commentary for drum We're line. in your living room with you. It's just a great film choice for something like that. That movie's hilarious. Yeah, that movie's a lot of times there was a point where we were audibly drunk listening to that going like going like pd pablo because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he says he just screams his name and then he's like usa usa <laughs> anyway uh, i wish i wish we did one when coming to america to drop because that film was oh god yeah how I, was that not great i no. i I'm not bringing take, that mojo into take, this new apartment. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jake's Jake's moving on up. Like he finally has power and water, I assume, in his new apartment. And internet and cable. We're living. We're, we're in another bed. In another bedroom and bathroom. And not a oh, crazy boy. roommate below you. No, it's just like a, a nice family above us. You say that until they're like stomping around, like. No, they do do that, but I will 100% take, like, kids stomping into their bedroom and, like, playing way over the crazy girl that lived below us, like, six times on Tuesday. Like, it's just, I will happily take a nice family. All right. Tej, Dex, how we doing? Not bad. Uh, the dunk contest is boring, so I'm excited to uh, talk about this <laughs> film because it's going to be much better than the dunk contest. Didn't watch a second of the All Star Game this year, and that's not like like a political statement or anything. But I was just sitting there going, like, "Oh shit, I don't, I don't give a shit." This I year. do not care. Oh, don't care. <laughs> like, super spreader Invitational. Yeah, it was it, a super, super spreader event. The whole like, I'm a big fan. I put this on Twitter. I'm a big fan of NBA All Star Weekend. Always had like mm-hmm. since Tracy McGrady in like 2006 dropped 36 mm-hmm. in Houston. Like I've always been like. All right, this is primetime television. And it is, because it's usually the only thing going on. But, man, do I not 
care to watch a bunch of millionaires get COVID on national TV. Like, <laughs> woo. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so Judas and the Black Messiah. We are... Uh, this was a new movie, so new movie podcast. We've done that a couple times recently. Uh, last with Malcolm and Marie. But uh, Judas and the Black Messiah came... 2021 movie came out... Uh, Technically, the 12th of February, 2021, released in theaters and HBO Max the same day. Has a 7.7 on IMDb. Is it a two-hour and six-minute movie? And this movie moves quick, I feel like, for it it being two uh, two hours. Uh, Bill O'Neill infiltrates the Black Panther Party per FBI agent Mitchell and J. Edgar racist Hoover. And (laughs) as party chairman Fred Hampton ascends... Falling for a fellow revolutionary en route, a battle wages for O'Neill's soul. Um, the whole the whole love story thing is kind of tertiary to this, but uh, director Shaka King, writers uh, Will Burson, also written by Shaka King. It stars uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, and our good boy Jesse Plemons. Our thick boy, Jesse Plemons. Waco's uh, own, Jesse Plemons. <laughs> yeah, Marlon native, Jesse Plemons. Dominique Fishback is Deborah Johnson. And uh, several other people. Martin Sheen is Jay Wild. <laughs> Martin Sheen is J. Edgar Hoover. Can we talk about that? Because that makeup makes him look like like a melting Nixon. He looks nothing like Hoover. Yeah, he looks like he looks like late stage Nixon. <laughs> he looks uh, like if you took your action figures and put them like underneath the lamp for a little too long. <laughs> also, uh Lil Rel Howery is uh in here as Wayne, like the dude just for two seconds. Uh that was that was weird. And uh a host of other people that you would know from things like Barry. I think Algie Smith was uh Jake Winters um, let's we need Barry back. We need Barry back on these shows. Yo, do we need Barry? <laughs> that, that show is incredible. Um, this is said to have so far only made a cumulative gross of $4 million. There's no word on how much it costs to make. Couldn't have been that expensive, but. I saw $26 million as the number for it. To make? Yeah. How do yeah, we even means- gauge it because of the whole movie situation? Yeah. HBO Max part. It, it, you, can't even you know what's so- funny? is that HBO Max, and I'm sorry to cut you, I didn't want to cut you off, but like HBO Max, unlike Netflix, I haven't seen where HBO Max has released the numbers of what has been streamed. Because Netflix will be like 18 billion people streamed <laughs> Malcolm and Marie or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but with Netflix, every like, household in the, the world first, watched it three times. If you watch the yeah. first like four seconds of something on Netflix, they yeah. count that as a stream. They count that as a stream. Yeah. That is like how, how the, the fa- algorithm works. Yeah, the Facebook algorithm where you accidentally hover over a video for too long and the sound doesn't even play. That's what Netflix. View. Yeah. You hey, missed it. We, yeah. If you just watch the trailer for The Irishman, which itself is long as hell, then that counts as viewing The Irishman. So hey, the people that linger on Facebook and Instagram ads are what's paying for this new apartment, so fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> True, you are you are uh, our overlord there, Jake. So <laughs> That's what I do. Thank you for all coming into our homes. Um, <laughs> this one won Golden Globe, uh, of course, for Daniel Kaluuya. It was also nominated for Best Original Song, uh, by uh, called Fight for You by uh, her, Demille, and Tiara Thomas. And um, it 
of course, one for Daniel Kaluuya. He is probably in line now to win Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars in April. Uh, it's crazy that that's that far away. But, yeah. So, um, oh, it also has a 86 on Metacritic. Critics love this, of course. 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. 95% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. The consensus is an electrifying dramatization of historical events. Judas and the Black Messiah is a forceful condemnation of racial injustice and a major triumph for its director and stars. So, uh, who wants to go first? We got any volunteers? Let's, uh, Dex, you suggested this. We do this movie. I mean, we all watched it, but uh, on our own time. But you suggested we we review this movie. Go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, so I feel like we have to do this movie because A, it's fantastic, and B, like, you know, it's an important story told in a really, like, interesting and very dramatic way with some very like legitimately special performances like especially from Daniel Kaluuya my man was floating like as Fred Hampton in this movie like you said he's probably going to win the Oscar for best supporting actor at this point I feel like it'll be a major upset if he doesn't and will probably spark some outrage about the Oscars again but uh yeah which really quickly it is I mean this movie is mostly him though I know Lakeith is kind of the driving plot point of the movie but it's crazy that he is a supporting actor and I get why it's he's not weird. on he's not on screen but it feels like in the movie that he's on screen just as much yeah. as I mean he's not but it feels like it and that's probably just something to do with his performance anyway continue sorry yeah he's just that magnetic that it like it feels like he's always on the screen like yeah just because of how like electric his performance is um, but yeah I, I would definitely say he's a supporting actor here I mean the like people have yep. like kind of made it like a pejorative statement but it's really not a Fred Hampton movie it's about uh, whatever his name is William whatever Bill um, yeah he's William O'Neill William O'Neill yeah his, Bill O'Neill uh, Bill O'Neill Wild Bill <laughs> mm. but yeah dude Daniel Kaluuya just fucking killed it and you know I think this is I feel like this is that moment for him where everybody's like, oh, oh, yeah, he's like, he's the young goat now. Like, he's got next. He's going to be doing this shit for a long ass time. British stuff, American stuff, doesn't matter. He He's that dude now. Um, so, yeah, the long way of saying that I love this movie. It's an A plus for me. Um, you know, there are some things that they could have done a little bit differently. They could have, you know, maybe made it a little more about. Fred Hampton and what they did, but I still appreciate it being a William O'Neill story, and you know I think that made it a a little more impactful. Kind of seeing, you know, what they also did to William O'Neill and how that affected him, and not just you know Fred Hampton dying. You know, it's kind of about mm-hmm. these two people's lives who the United States government just totally fucked up. Uh, you know, because of black people trying to advance um so yeah i love this movie it's an a plus for me i'm still talking i don't know why well i mean it's the fact the thing about the bill o'neill thing we can also talk about the the characterizations of these two people just a complicated figure man like both i mean both of these if you don't know the story go go ahead go dive down a wikipedia hole or a history.com there's several articles on fred hampton but bill o'neill He's kind of lost, even though he was sort of the driving 
force behind the capture of him. He sort of lost to history behind Fred Hampton's aura and because of, he was assassinated. But it's a complicated portrayal, and I think Lakeith does a really, really good job of portraying anguish and confusion because what can get lost is that Fred Hampton was 21 years old and Bill O'Neill was 17, I think. Maybe 18. Mm-hmm. 17. Like, like, I think he was 17 when the FBI started working with him, and, but he was yeah. like, uh, a little older when, he, when, when they finally uh, assassinated Fred. So, it, it, I mean, it just is a complicated, tragic story. And, <laughs> and you know, people, it, it will be people like to blame Bill O'Neill, and he did wrong by Fred Hampton, but it is also the FBI entrapping a 17-year-old. Like, Jesus Christ. You know, it's yeah, it's a complicated tragic story. So, um, Jake, let's go ahead. You uh, you said, is this King movie for people in berets? Is it? I mean, is, the, the beret game is strong all throughout. It is. Um... <laughs> I don't know who the author's name is. Very sorry, dude, because I'm very sure you're listening to it. But the uh, critic for the Rolling Stone that uh, reviewed this movie, he did a great piece. But his really, really great line is, films aren't history, but they have a funny way for the public for standing in for history. Which is absolutely true, because Hollywood will take great stories and then kind of bastardize and change them to fit a narrative as needed. Um, I am not qualified. I am not one of the three billion people qualified to talk about this movie on a historical or impactful level. I'm just a white dude. I have nothing to contribute to that discussion. But what I can say is that this is Shaka King's second movie. Second. I was going to say, I thought it was his first, but yeah, you're right. He made a movie called Newlyweeds, which I I don't think anybody's ever seen. I don't know if you can find it anywhere. And then this. To come out from nothing to this movie is is incredible. And the fact that he actually got Chairman Fred Hampton Jr., Fred Hampton's son, to be a part of this story. Like, he was on set every day correcting. Like, he was in actual verbal fights with Warner Brothers execs trying to change the movie to keep it as honest as possible. So, I mean, this, this is a fantastic movie at least just from a storytelling standpoint because it, it is a director that is trying to tell the horrors of the the cointel program a program that did not die with hoover a program that probably still does exist to this day of fbi targeting quote-unquote subversives and making sure that their message is not getting out uh it does a great job of at least highlighting and telling you the story of the rainbow coalition that you know we're not it's not a malcolm x film where it's about you know, black rights and black history, but it's all about these disenfranchised people that have been just rolled over by the state coming together and actually defending themselves and, and fighting. And we get a very weird and kind of covered over scene where he goes to essentially white pride guys with a Confederate flag behind them and bringing them in. And that was Fred Hampton's real history. I mean, that was, that was a real thing that happened. And so to tell that story to an audience and 2021 and keep it as close and factual as possible is incredible is it truly factual did all these events happen as painted on screen absolutely not and once again it's just hollywood being hollywood but to tell this story in 2021 and get a message that is not taught in schools i mean i guarantee to our 12 listeners nobody knows who fred hampton is unless you really did care 
but his name is now out there. His work is out there. His speeches are now being hunted down and watched on YouTube. So th- this film accomplishes so much with so little. What would you give it? Oh, it's an A+. Plus. I, uh, I, as a... As a white guy, as a millennial white guy, uh, I didn't know who Fred Hampton was. Just yeah. wasn't, I mean, just wasn't in my purview. Just wasn't in, it definitely wasn't taught in Texas rural high school. <laughs> of course yeah. not. Like, you know, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, that scene, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, it was a, you can find it easily on YouTube, but it was a, uh, scene on Saturday Night Live with Tom Hanks when he hosted and he went on as a, as a MAGA guy went on Black Jeopardy with Keenan Thompson oh, yeah. and, he, and they were like they find a common ground they find a common ground where everyone hates the government yeah so it just yeah go find that scene if you can but that reminded me exactly of that where it's just like what have they done for you nothing They're like yeah I mean, it, it is extremely bold to open this movie with essentially Fred Hampton teaching the audience the basics of socialism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In right. 2021, when like two days ago, one day ago, like our government decided to come together and fund the people after being stuck in quarantine that they basically didn't give a shit about. So like, just still being educating people that like, no, there's actually a way that we could all help each other. And your government isn't doing dick for you and a historical Trojan horse. Like, bravo, kids. Bravo. Uh, this being Shaka, uh, this being his second movie is incredible. 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 Uh, you know how many, like, directors' second films are just in, like, the trash heaps of history just don't matter? <laughs> or just, like, shit shows? It's like him and Damien Chazelle are, like, the only. <laughs> I mean, like, everybody's, like, Applauds George Lucas for THX. Nobody actually ever watched that dude. But like, this dude made newlyweeds. Granted, he did do other work. He's done some TV and stuff. But like, second film, out the gate, this. Ooh, what a power statement. What a Teach? power statement from a director. Uh, what do you think, man? I, I, I kind of agree with everything that's been said. I think it's truthfully like a master of work. And I just couldn't believe uh, that this is that director's first film. But I will admit my bias up front. Uh, the Lucas Brothers, who are like a, a they're a set of twins and like a comedy duo, there uh, were two of the writers on the film, and they've basically been like the the the, the uh, protectors and the promoters of this project for years and years. And I actually I know them. Uh, I went to law school, with one of them. So obviously, everything I'm going to say could appear biased. I don't think that it is. I think the film just happened to just be absolute slapper. I really enjoyed it. The performances were great. I, I knew who Fred Hampton was, uh, and I knew I had read a little bit of his uh, a couple speeches, and I had watched a couple speeches, and so the twins with I the had, glasses are the guys that wrote this movie. They are they they're not the only writers, but they are they were basically the main writers of the film. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I didn't sorry I, I didn't read off there. I I just saw the two credits on the on IMDb. Yeah. I so love they, that their defining feature is with the glasses. With the glasses. <laughs> so when well, you go yeah. out to LA and you see two dudes with glasses, that's them. It's two that's, twins with beards and glasses and flat caps. Like that's like that's the. So I went to law school with one of them, so I know them. Uh, not like cool. super duper well. Like they know me, I know them. We I run to them every now and again, and we have mutual friends that they're closer to. That I, when they're in town, I go see them. So I've been to their house and shit, and they're really cool. But yeah, they've been uh, working on this project for a very long time. So uh, obviously, knowing them, I'm a bit biased. But I also was probably more excited for the film than I've been for a film in a long time, just because I do know them. I did expect greatness from this film, but oh my, I, it like surpassed all my reasonable expectations. 
The like like I said, the performances are great directorially. It just looks great. It's like a really good looking film, and I just feel like and to for it to be two hours, you you learn so much about not just Fred Hampton and not just William O'Neill, but like literally like a historical time capsule of this time period. I thought I just think it serves so well to have something that younger people especially can see of like okay, this is what the Black Panthers were about, generally speaking. Here's, here's, you know, here's an example of socialism, like radical socialism even, being spoken about in a way, because now we're starting to see a lot more of that. But, like, for that time period, that stuff was basically, like, you couldn't do that. Like, you, you see what happened, right? You, you, couldn't, you couldn't really go out and start speaking about socialism because people, it was such a hot-button issue. Same thing with Martin Luther King. Like, once he started to kind of make a socialism turn to what he was preaching about, like, he died. Like, or he was killed. So it's like, that that stuff is not stuff that people were taking lightly at the time. And so, not only to get the, the racial stuff, the Fred Hampton racial stuff, but also, like, literally injecting his socialist teachings into the film, I just thought was, like, a amazing decision. And that's what you get when you have somebody's son on set that says, like, look, you can't just make this story about black and white. Like, the, he was preaching much more than about race. Obviously, being a Black Panther, that's like at the forefront of what was happening. But it, it's so much. It was so much more about race, and I thought the film did a really good job of really capturing what this person really stood for, and also setting those teachings up for why there might have been a rift or disagreement between Fred Hampton and other Black Panthers, or a rift or disagreement between uh, William O'Neill and Fred Hampton. I just thought it was amazingly done. I truthfully, I really enjoyed it, and it would be an A plus for me. Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I think I was gonna initially give this an A, but the more that we're talking about it, the more that I remember like the performances and like we haven't even talked about Jesse Plemons. Um, Man, God, too good at being a scumbag <laughs> and racist. He's so he's too good at it. Ultimate, uh, ultimate scumbag actor. Like, you, you see Jesse Plemons on screen, you're just like, I instantly hate this man. Unless it's uh, game night. But other than that, it's like, I instantly hate this man, and I want nothing but bad things to happen to him. But good things are happening to him. Blink twice the, if you're safe. The fact that that's the same guy from Game Night is just shows you how talented he is because he, yeah. he crushes Game Night. Man, this is fucking so Landry good. from from uh, uh, Friday, Friday Night, Night Lights. Lights. Yeah. So I uh, or the racist child in Breaking Bad. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I. The more that I think about it, the more I think this just gets an A plus on Daniel Kaluuya's performance alone. Man, I think this is one of the. I, he, I think Dex, you said he floated. Man, it was crazy. Uh, the speech in and we tweeted it just because I have gone back and watched it five, six, seven times now. The when I he am gets a out revolutionary. Of prison? Yeah, when oh, I the I am God. a revolutionary speech in the church is one of the most i got chills like i'm getting chills right now thinking about it because it is just one of the more outstanding acting perform and committed acting performances and just the way his cadence you were talking about it a couple weeks ago teach we all forget he's like british british like he's like like cockney british like he's very british and uh, he's probably not but like but he has a very thick accent so it in the way that you were saying he talks in sort of like this sing-songy mm-hmm. like way but then you go back and you watch Fred Hampton videos yeah. and it's the same thing and they do a little bit of having I think they have a little bit of his of his like speech on on the city steps and stuff mm-hmm. within yeah. the within the confines of the movie but I mean it, how badass is it like Fred Hampton's parents migrated from Louisiana yep and mm. like 
how fantastic is it for Daniel Kaluuya, a guy that is British British, to have like a Southern Baptist undertone in his speech? Like, what skills? What skills? The 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 one line that you know the I am a revolutionary over and over again is is incredible, but. Uh, you know the I'm gonna die for the people because I live for the. It's like he's singing, yeah. or you know, oh, yeah. kill a kill a few pigs, get a little satisfaction. Kill a lot of pigs, get a get a whole lot of satisfaction. You know, or kill them all, get them all satisfaction anyway. But it's it. I won't try to do an impression. I won't. Um, <laughs> the, I Wait, think, reverse the roles. Do it. Do your the rest of your reviews as a British man. <laughs> <laughs> right. No. Um, the bruv. No. The. Uh, <laughs> Oi. <laughs> it's the, proper, um, mate. This movie's raw proper. We. Um, you, you lads want to do a movie review anyway. Um, the, hello, kids. Hello, hello, fr- fellow newsies anyway the um the thing with with lakeith and this as well too is uh, you know i i i think he kind of gets he obviously gets overshadowed by kaluuya and lakeith is a brilliant actor in his own right but um he he does really he does i don't think very few people are or are as good as lakeith stanfield as conveying um suffering i feel like and you had to kind of think that he was conflicted, for sure. Um, but it wasn't the best, and I think there there could have been more depth, and maybe it was the writing for that. There maybe could have been on just a tad more depth for if I'm picking nits, just a tad more depth for uh, Bill O'Neill's character, for sure. And but the interactions between he. And Jesse Plemons, and when Plemons is in the audience, the looks on Oof. their faces during that speech, and he's just kind of like nodding his head and raising his eyebrows, and like, you know, he's talking about killing cops and stuff like that, and he's just like, yeah, I'm here, and like the look on the key, that is an all-time just without saying anything, acting moment, and um, yeah, that that sent chills down my spine because I was like, oh no, like. It, it, it just it, it's it's powerhouse acting to its fullest, um, and I think they did a really good job, also, of portraying, you know, of course, of course, the the fight scenes between the police and uh, the Black Panthers are always instigated by the police, but they mm-hmm. do a good job, especially of that one thing where that guy is so frustrated that he just kills the cop in cold blood almost when he walks up to him. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really interesting portrayal of like, is everyone really innocent in this fight? And I, you know, I don't, that's not for me to say or whatnot, but obviously one is spreading a way better message than the other one. So it is, it is just an interesting portrayal that they put in there and having some of these characters truly be conflicted. Um, with their choices is a really I don't I don't know the words that I'm looking for but it's a really in-depth portrayal that they put in into this movie because it's like the end of the day you're taking a life man that sucks Mm -hmm. so like to put that on 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 screen and then for you know 
then for Kaluuya to be conflicted about, you know, am I said what am, am, is what I'm saying causing violence because like is, it's not what I meant when he, you know, Lakeith Stanfield comes up to him with like C4 or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, that's <laughs> that scene the, is so funny. Well, he's, he's like, like wait, wait, take it easy. The take way he relaxes. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It was a metaphor, like metaphorically. Um, that scene is amazing. No, I just, I, I just think uh, what this movie does do, though, is it really, really does give people like, like Jake and I, like people that did not know about Fred Hampton, like. Uh, 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 at least a, a smidgen of a view, and if that's enough to 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 get people to pay attention to some of those messages, then more power to them. Because that, you know, I just I, I just ignorance. I had no idea who Fred Fred had Fred Hampton or Bill O'Neill were. Had yeah, no idea. I I knew who Fred Hampton was like vaguely. I didn't know anything about William O'Neill, uh, but you know, I kind of knew about Fred Hampton and his teachings. Not so much about like the socialism and stuff, but mostly just like about the Black Panthers and you know being assassinated by the police, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the thing that this movie really does really well is it just makes you so angry. I was like, going to say the exact same thing. Like I feel like there's no way to like get to the end of this movie and not just be so pissed off at like the government, at you know, kind of race relations in America, at you know, just kind of how we treat historical figures, how we're taught about historical figures. Like, just everything about the story, it just, like, it just pisses you off so much. And I think, like, if you watch this movie, you're going to want to do something to change the society that we live in. And I think that's, like, the best thing about the movie is that it drives you to that point where you're like, nah, some shit has to change. Because even in 2021, this was decades ago at this point but even in 2021 we're still dealing with a lot of the same shit so a movie that can and black Clansman kind of does the same thing where it uh like it all ties back up at the end and you're like this is still what we're living in today and this is unacceptable we got to do something so black really Clansman though is like funnier though this is just from start to finish just just man shit sucks yeah, I, but like at the end of Black Clansman, when they do like when Spike Lee does like that montage kind of, and I think it like, ends Spike on Spike Lee s montage. You yeah, know, this is what's it, actually happening. And it ends on like Charlottesville, I think that woman getting killed. I think that's how like that yep. montage in Black Clansman ends. Yep. So yeah, you're like yeah, shit is fucked up still to this day, and like we got to go do something about it. So I think that's that's always what you want from a movie like this. If you watch it and you're just like, oh, what a great story that's fantastic then like you know it didn't accomplish as much as it should have but if it drives you to that point of like that's fucked up now we got to do something about it i think that's really where movies like this shine this is right up there with like jfk and other movies like that where it's like all time don't trust the feds movies like this is like all time like if you if you had second thoughts 
Hey, man. Eat. I wrote my senior thesis on, on G- JFK. That movie is 30 ways to fucked up, but I love it so much. <laughs> Just inaccurate. Just not. Oh, it's insanely inaccurate. Um, but we don't need to have this bangs. discussion. It's so it, fun. Oh, so good. Oliver Stone doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he has influenced... Like for for the rest of time, everybody just assumes that <laughs> what was yeah, portrayed yeah. by Kevin Costner was real. Um, we don't need to have a discussion on it, but uh, to this day, Fred Hampton's grave is shot to bits, mm-hmm. and every year it gets replaced and still gets shot to bits. Mm-hmm. Thirty guesses to who is shooting it, and I guarantee twenty nine of them don't matter. That first guess is absolutely correct. No, <laughs> I, I think the, going back to what Dex just said, I really like the comparison to. Uh, Black Klansman with the way that the movie ends. I have a really complicated relationship to Spike Lee's work. I really like Black Klansman. Uh, but I think what one of the things I really appreciated about this movie is that you don't have that like you, you can like you could tell the story and trust the viewer enough to not do the thing where you show Charlottesville to be like, oh my God, this is still relevant today. Like you can actually like let your viewers and let your audience make the connections that they need to make on their own. And it literally like the film doesn't really seek to make those connections, at least not on the, in the in the subtext, or like at least not on his face, it does not seek to to make you think about what is happening in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one in in relation to this film because you should be able to see it and you if you're why if you watch this whole film you're smart enough to understand and to see the the the, the uh, similarities between what happened to Fred Hampton and what's happening to people like today. For example, a lot of people made obvious Brianna uh, Brianna Taylor uh, references because again like the cops are literally in his house uh, and killing someone that's in their bed so obviously that drew comparisons to Brianna Taylor but the film didn't have to do that they didn't have to show Brianna Taylor's face at the end as the movie goes off right it lets you make your own connections of like holy shit uh, it it looks really bad when an agent of the state or an agent of the federal government is quite literally going to take someone's life with for 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 the only reason being that they have a political disagreement with what he's saying, uh, and so I just I really commended the film for that. It, it frustrates me when films try to do that because I, as a viewer, pride myself on being able to draw those connections. You don't have to put everything on the face of the film, and I thought they did a really good job of avoiding those kind of pitfalls, especially for a d- guy who's only directed one film before. It would be so obvious to just drop in certain references that would uh, relate back to our time, and I really appreciate the fact that the film stays within its time limits and uh, within its time frame, and it doesn't try to... Uh, place things from later time periods into the film to make you see the uh, connections closer well and if this would have come out i wish i wish this kind of come would have come out and i mean i they're probably still working on it but the summer of uh 2020 yep this may i mean it still has a huge impact people are still talking about this movie and i think it's set really well with people but this this comes out in july of 2020 like man it's a whole nother conversation it's, you know it's it definitely um, but it, and not to take away from the Five Bloods, I didn't necessarily really like the Five Bloods. But if this was came out instead of I the Five Bloods, I don't know what that movie was trying to accomplish to this day. Yeah, I, if this comes out <laughs> instead of the Five Bloods, where you know, Spike Lee kind of does the same thing that he did in Black Klansman, but better in Black Klansman for sure. But um, it accomplished you know, showing us that Delroy Lindo is awesome and Chadwick Boseman is awesome, right? Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't know. I think if this comes out, not instead of that, but like at that time, it's, at that time, you know, along with that, I think it, it does a really good job. I really wish this better. had come out like in the before time, so we could see it in theaters. 
because yeah. I feel like part Morph. of part right. of the Ooh. Black Klansman like experience for me was like the theater was kind of packed both times that I saw it because I saw it originally mm-hmm. when it first came out and then it was nominated for Best Picture so I went to like the Best Picture marathon thing where they just show all the Best Picture nominees and you know so both times the theater when I saw it, the theater was kind of packed and when you get to the end that final montage both times it's like heavy in the room like you just kind of feel everyone around you being like well fuck like <laughs> this would have been this would have been a silent lever you know what i mean yeah yeah i definitely wish we could have had that experience with this movie because like everybody watching it at home like it feels it still is like powerful and impactful but i feel like it's if we would have had more of those moments like sitting in the theater just with a bunch of strangers being like shit man like i feel like that could have i don't like i feel like that would have been just like a good experience to have with this movie so i wish we could have seen it in the before times the before times i would they may re-release i I wouldn't be surprised if they re-release some of these movies that do well um i think that's gonna happen and i'm going to see everything there's (laughs) not really wait because Warner Brothers basically sold their stock to HBO Max, there's not like a whole lot on the marquee or the lineup going once everything opens back up. So I, it would not be surprising if for a while movie theaters just showed like Wonder Woman 1984. Releases. We got to see it how no. it was meant to be seen. I still uh, haven't no. seen like King of Staten Island. I'm, I walked to a movie theater to go watch that film. Sure, why not? Don't don't waste your twelve dollars. <laughs> I'll watch anything dollars. in the movie theater right now. Literally, Not I'll for watch three hours of Pete I'll Davidson. Watch, <laughs> go watch it for the historical documentary of Pete Davidson's tattoos because apparently he's going to get them all lasered off. So if you just want to like memorialize that, <laughs> shit, like, that's, that's what it's there. Um, all right, so Judas and the Black Messiah. I, let's talk about Jesse Plemons really quickly. I know we've kind of waxed poetic about Daniel Kaluuya and, and Lakeith Stanfield, but for good reason. Um, Jesse Plemons, man, they could have made him a really, uh, and I've heard this on another podcast as well. They could have made him like the the figure that sort of learns the lesson from the the no. sage black advice, you know that whole <laughs> trope. But like, he didn't. He was just a dick the entire movie. Like, and just yeah, very, so glad, stuck in like the so glad they did the that white way. savior trope that like suddenly everything's okay because Jesse Plemons decided to have a chance of heart on racism. Well, no, and not even a change of heart. Maybe just like a, oh, maybe this is bad, but still do the job. He didn't even consider it being bad. He was just like... Well, I mean, he did have that moment in, in Hoover's office when Hoover's like, what if your yeah, daughter brings home a black guy? And you can see it in his eyes where it's suddenly like, oh, there's... Because before that, it's very like, he's very law and order. It's very, you know, this is what the book says. This is what we're going to do. And then suddenly, like, in the in the, the, the scene in Hoover's office, it becomes suddenly like, a, oh, no, this is this is something so much more. And he accepts it. Like you, you could see the shift in his eyes, where he's like, "Oh, okay, all right. This is this is what I have to do now. This is I, I'm not dying for my country. I'm dying for a principle alone." Yeah, I just think he was so, like, at, just un, especially towards the end when he's like, just trying to get more information and more information <laughs> from, with with, the vaguest guys of 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 will oh, get yeah. you out like you know sort of promise the just, same lie every fbi handler's ever said to yeah. somebody like just do this one, <laughs> just tiny one more favor. just we need a little bit more just, just like one tiny fuck. favor 
What a gift, though. Like, it, there actually was an ending for him. I've never seen, like, an FBI informant movie where, like, there is an ending. He gets a gas station, which is a wild gift. Yes, yeah. a wild <laughs> gift. I also love the fact that, like, after, you know, after Fred is killed, he kind of thinks that, like, oh, he's going to get out of this thing. And they kind of show you the scene where you, you see it's clear that the no, FBI no. Is just, like, you're not I, getting I, out of this. Like, we're going to use you until we're done using you. And it's just, it's just pretty tragic, man. It. It, that was the moment where I really felt bad for uh, William O'Neill, which I think is a superhuman feat to accomplish to make me feel any sense of uh, sadness for that character. Although, obviously, we all know that the the big bad here is the FBI and Hoover specifically. But I think it's a tough... Uh, I, I know a lot of people who came away from the film and didn't, never felt a sense of, of, of remorse or a sense of sadness for the O'Neill character. But some people did, and I think that just speaks to not only the way it was written, but also to uh, Stanfield's performance. Because there, there, there is a universe in which that film exists, and oh, for sure. everybody thinks that William O'Neill is the biggest piece of shit on earth, and nobody feels bad for him. But they were able to get at least a little bit of sympathy for him from certain viewers, especially me. So I thought that was a, I thought that was an accomplishment in itself. Yeah, for me, I don't it know was like him being so young. I was like, fuck, man. Like, yeah. what are you supposed to do? You're a fucking kid. The FBI is like, we got you by the balls, kid. Like, I wonder, like, a kid wasn't going to be able to portray the, the emotions that uh, Stanfield did, but, like, yeah. I wonder what it would have been if these, how this movie would have gone if they were, like, we're going to use a 21-year-old and a 17-year-old. Yeah. I don't think people would have believed it. I think people would have been like, no, no way. Like, no imagine way. if the kids looked like the kids on, like, All-American. I, right. I imagine those people, like, <laughs> yeah. it, this is a very, like, it, you have very banks, different like, feelings. <laughs> yeah. You have very different feelings. <laughs> Yeah, um, you're just like what? Like, I, I, it's so unbelievable how young these people were, and like what they accomplished, and how well spoken they were. But it, it just, or how well spoken Fred Hampton was. But um, the if Fred at 21, I would, I like, dude, I was still, I was like, I couldn't, I can't file, I couldn't file my taxes at 21. You know, like mm. I'm not like there, I couldn't, I didn't know how to pay for a hotel, just random things, you know, like. <laughs> Like, yeah. how does money work? Like, you know what I mean? And he's, he's like making, feeding feeding children. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. On a massive scale. It's, it's actually rallies. crazy. I he's had to keep reminding pretty, myself that he's like, this is a 21-year-old who, who has accomplished all this and who's making life or death choices. It's like, no, I'm not leaving Chicago. I'm staying here. Like, I'm, you know, it's like, imagine the weight of that. I'm 34. And if I had to make some of those same decisions, like, I would, I would just curl up to a ball and die. So... You know, it's yeah. it's just really, really. I had to keep reminding myself of like, this is a twenty-one-year-old man who has the weight of the world. I don't want to go outside today. Like, Do I have to? <laughs> uh, People are counting to, on you. Can they not? <laughs> Can they not? Um, back to William O'Neill. I I don't know what this movie would have looked like, but the real William O'Neill attempted suicide the night of. Yep. Fred Hampton's killing. He tried to jump out a window, and his uncle saved him. And then later on, after the... I forgot what the documentary he did was. The interview the came out. Yeah. He ran into traffic. Oh, yeah. That's how, like, the dude was like... He couldn't... He lived with that guilt for so long and finally get it out on tape. Dude just ran into traffic. Now, granted, some people do believe that there was there, there is conspiracy that he was off by the FBI for, you know, ratting him out onto a public spectrum. I have no idea. I'm not going to spout that out there but i mean yeah fbi is listening to this we are not saying anything <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it. I mean, like, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> G-Men are awesome. Fedoras are great. <laughs> Trench coat's still in style, guys. No, but like, it, the movie doesn't touch well on 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 on, on uh, O'Neill's life. Um, and Lakeith, like, I mean, he he plays ball with very little, like. That the the scene where he he knows he's he's putting Fred to sleep like those te- those tears were real like that came from a very dark place mm-hmm. in Lakeith's life and like that was incredible, but it, it doesn't do a great job in in showing um, Bill's life and so we're kind of left with the pieces of like he's just a dude that's that has no allegiance to anything he has no political ties he has no agency in his life like he just doesn't want to go to prison. Doesn't even yeah. show his family though either. Like, or, like if he has a no, mom like, or a dad, he, he's or... got nothing. Like we, we get he. I mean, we're roasting him half the time because he was a shitty con man trying to steal cars. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's a joke that plays out. And so, like, his agency exists for basically to I stand in the middle. And I, I don't think the movie does a great job of of doing justice to a. a kid that was 17 and was a pawn in the FBI's game. Not even the FBI's game, Jay Hoover's game. So it's dark, but I, I think that my my one critique is that like I, I wish it was fleshed out a little bit. Yeah, there's also a couple times where he's like going for it, like, what do you mean you don't believe that that whole <laughs> like, I'm not guilty! You're guilty. But, but I mean, that's that's what you do. Like, yeah. Well, the this, this scene that, in the car is a good example of that, where, where they basically are, are kind of on to him, and he's got to basically yeah. play it up and how are the car. Like, I mean, Bro, what, do you, what, what so, can you do? I was so fucking tense watching that scene, even though, like, <laughs> obviously I know. You obviously knew he wasn't going to die there, yeah. But it's like, yo, <laughs> they got you jammed up, my guy. You were cooked. <laughs> also, like, what a... <laughs> I had him change the locks. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, they're just like <laughs> totally accept that. You know story. how you can change the ignition on a steering wheel like that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, and like he did what every kid does. He did the second look when they go yeah. see the when they go see the, what, the the crowns, the kings, the crowns, the kings. Um, and he does. And he's standing in line. The dude recognizes him. He does the second look, and that's oh, what yeah. every kid does when you yeah. know you're caught and you're you want to like play cool, but you always do the second look. Yep. That's an incredible moment. That dude just cold cocked that guy for walking <laughs> up. <laughs> like, do not like, get back in line. Ooh, dark. Um, no, I think the action in here was actually for a, a very heavy just drama movie. I think the shootout with. Um, the shootout with the cops outside of the Black Panther headquarters was intense. It's well filmed. I yeah, thought it was well filmed. Yeah, um, I thought the I thought the shootout between um, the guy that's running from him in that uh, I don't know oil field or whatever it is. Yeah, um, that was a workplace. Yeah, train yard. Train yard. Yeah, is Maybe, was was really well done as well too. So like I thought the action sequences kept you on the edge of your Man. edge of your seat too. But the funniest thing to me in this entire movie was when. You know, Lakeith was like, I'm going to go to the roof. And then he just walks out. <laughs> like, it's like, you bitch. Like, he just. This he just dumbass like, nah. gets to the roof and he fucking peeks like, on the corner yeah. and gets nope. shot at. <laughs> I felt like, he's I, like watched, Fuck that, I'm out. Felt like I'm I was out. watching somebody play God, just like trying to head glitch and get shot. <laughs> I just love that. He just walks out. He's like, nah, I'm good. I'm <laughs> And, and obviously, it's like to not get caught up between, you know, have the FBI come bail you out of jail. But like, yeah, 
it, it oh they want to let me. him stay there i i i i doubt jesse plumens had he been arrested would have been like oh no spring my guy yeah, they're, they're absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look what they did to the Rebel Rouser dude. Like, oof. yeah, no, nothing. Lakeith is going in, and he's never coming out. I thought the I thought the scene between the, uh, of course, the scene between when they're they're trying to bring everything together, and he walks in there, and I, like everyone and their mother is standing in that in that like balcony or whatever with guns, kind of trained on them and stuff like that. Oh yeah, is really that was really good. Um, of course, the uh, I guess white pride party <laughs> that they go and interrupt. Yeah, that was I, such I, a I, I, I thought that was very funny. Flag in Chicago. <laughs> I think they were like the Patriots or something like that. Like very on the nose name, but also probably historically accurate. I thought he was. I thought Kaluuya was like actually really good in that in that scene because mm-hmm. he was funny and like de-escalated the situation really well and there was sort of like this smirk on his face like I'm smarter than everyone in here like <laughs> yeah. and he it was incredible it. Ooh, yeah that person is dangerous and you watched yeah. him and you were like yo he, he's spitting low key like <laughs> yeah. um so yeah and I think that's probably why he's a supporting actor because they kind of intercut him between these set pieces and huge speeches and it's not and they and you follow yeah. Lakeith around, so that's probably why, but you know, and he spends a lot of the movie just in jail. While yeah, that's true. Careful. That's also true. Well, I mean, like, there's a billion movies and books that do it, but like, the, the easiest, the lowest hanging fruit, like, it, it's a great Gatsby situation. Like, it's actually Nick Harkaway's story, but we learn about Gatsby through him. Through, yeah, so, um, like, same thing. Like, this is not actually Fred Hampton's story, but it's actually Fred Hampton's story. We just need a separate narrator to tell you about it. Yeah, it's like that Mr. Rogers it's a movie horse. that's not about Mr. Rogers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the ultimate bait and switch on that movie. They're like, you're going to follow a sad boy around. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, don't, I really don't have that many more thoughts. I mean, we can go on and on about how fucking good this movie is and so good how irate it can make you and I, I on top of you know i was i was upset leaving the end just upset at the loss of life of of several people including a you know 21 year old father like that yeah. and you know and also like you know people don't have any sympathy for william o'neill and i understand where you're coming from but like i walked out of the movie being like man that fucking sucks mm-hmm. and no, i saw somebody on twitter being like Look, you can you can hate what he did, but he was also he was also like, what are you doing at seventeen if they're gonna throw, yeah, like, throw you under the jail for the rest of your life? Like, what are you? Yeah, the, the real William O'Neill did have like a rap sheet. It wasn't just impersonating an officer and one case of Grand Theft Auto. Like the kid did fuck around a lot, and I mean he was a kid as we all do. Like you do stupid shit, and he got caught up. So, like the real one probably was facing. I mean. <clears throat> Fred Hampton was facing life in prison for stealing ice cream. Yeah. So, like, you can imagine what the real William O'Neill was facing. And, like, at a 17-year-old, if some dude was like, hey, this could all go away, I just need you to tell me what's happening in this one room during and a couple we'll of meetings. And we'll pay Yeah, and we'll pay. We'll give you whatever you want. We'll give you a job. We'll give you clean legal money for I the rest think- of your life. Like, ooh, immediately take that. Like, it, he is... He's a kid that yeah. That the, I'll take the thing where could. I don't go to prison. Thanks. For sure. <laughs> I think the I think it's like a movie. This is some movie magic, but you get the like 
uh, O'Neill's facing five years in which gets him into this uh, situation, but also Fred Hampton later in the film is facing five years and he just takes the time. Like, oh, I'll just do the time. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, I definitely thought that was some movie magic of, of trying to juxtaposition the way that two young black people approach the same. Sure. Yeah, like, I, I, but I don't think that in actuality, I think O'Neill was facing more time or Fred Hampton wasn't facing five years. I just think that they did that to kind of draw a parallel there. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just I I left the movie just extremely sad in my in, sure. and more so than than I, I can understand being angry, and I was I was like just so angry <laughs> that people can just walk into a home and not feel any remorse for killing people in cold blood, like in the name of your government. Like, what the fuck is that? You know, what fascist shit is? What <laughs> is that? Like, you know, but like I would I just walked out just I or walked to the fridge. I mean, just yeah. like close the laptop, like fuck. Yeah, yeah. I, I walked down the stairs. Yeah, I was just, I was just sad, man. I was just sad the entire the for I, the rest of the night, honestly. I did the Narcos meme where I just stood out in a field and stared out, and then I went to a different empty, room and yeah, stared. Empty, uh, pool, just staring. <laughs> what did y'all think of the decision? There. The way they filmed the the scene where uh, Fred Hampton is killed by framing it by viewing it through the eyes of his girlfriend oh. so you don't really, I just thought that was such it was like a perfect tonal decision uh, you don't necessarily have like it's so it's so graphic like you don't actually have to show yeah. this person being shot in the head like while he's asleep like you literally could just show it's it's just such a moving way of presenting it they've already done mm-hmm. all the work to build up the, the the character of the girlfriend and that relationship and it really pays off in that moment because you are experiencing the death of Fran Hampton through her feelings and her eyes and her Sure. Obviously, she's still in a very precarious situation, so she can't even fully emote yet. But you see that she emotes a little bit. Got to get it back together because, like, I still got to make sure that I am safe and all the other people in the house are still safe so that, like, I can't even pause for a second to grieve the fact that the person I love is, like, gone from the universe. Like, I just thought the way th- – that is not what you see from somebody who's directing their second film. It's just that – that is a decision sure. you see from – a Scorsese or, or or from someone who's done the, done those kind of scenes five or six times so they could really test out what ways are more effective of moving the audience. And so to, just to see somebody do that, that is a, is directing their second film was just like that is that is those are the touches of somebody who's special. I just thought that the way that they chose to do that was super, super uh, respectful, but also like important and very powerful. Respectful yeah. is a key word there, because I was like, you didn't need to. You, you just didn't need to see a Yeah, you really no, I mean. Unless you're Quentin Tarantino and yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and you you get to reimagine the past, like that scene would have served no purpose to actually have the camera follow the two officers and like watching him shoot the guy in the head. Like we going into that movie, even if you didn't know who Fred Hampton is, you know what's going to happen in the end. You know it's not going to be that Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya like hold hands and run off into the sunset yeah he's gonna be like you yeah. know he's he's dying at the end you, you know nothing about this history yeah because if you don't know so, who fred hampton is i mean he probably didn't make it you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, you you know who j edgar hoover is and you don't know who fred hampton is you can probably yeah, like, guess how this film is <laughs> the wedding side gets to write the history so like you you knew what was going to happen so it, it would have served absolutely no purpose to have taken that extra two scenes and gone in the room. Yeah. Like it would have, in fact, it probably would have detracted from the film. Ultimately, absolutely. Then it, becomes, absolutely. It be, then it becomes like a horror thing. Like, yeah. it's like, Oh, look how much blood we can shove into this two second scene. Yeah. Especially after coming from like three, two seconds before that, like you see a guy who has to walk out where his legs are shot to hell. God, that looked like 
ass. Yeah. That's yeah. So- it was like agony. Like, yeah. and that's that's the bloodiest it gets. So, I I mean, the only way that it like that makes sense is if it's like Malcolm X, where it was so public that it mm-hmm. it'd be impossible to kind of avoid showing that. But um, <laughs> even then, you still could have. But the yeah, I I just I think where she conveys more emotion teach than in that moment is when he's in there in the church and there's a hold on her when he's saying he's going to die for mm-hmm. his cause. And like, she kind of, Oh my God. All of a she sudden, knows it. Yeah. All of a sudden realizes, Oh shit. Like not only am I pregnant, but I kind of realize now that I'm signing up to do this alone. Basically. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. And that that's the moment I thought that was great from her is when that's a crushing scene because you know how it's going to end. You know exactly. You know, her her the the thought that came to her in that moment is literally going to come to fruition. So it's just like it's 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 crushing. It's like there's several storylines going and that's why that scene is so powerful, because it's like you're captivated by uh, Kaluuya's rhythm and timing and acting. In performance, but there's also several other storylines going on within the that, the confines of that scene. You have the back and forth between Lucky Stanfield and Jesse Plemons, and them just staring at each other like it's an old western. And then you have her being like, "Oh shit, he may actually die for this." And then you know you have the other the other uh, parties, you know, agreeing in approval. That scene is incredible because like. Yeah. You feel so good hearing Daniel Kaluuya as Fred Hampton speak and, like, give that speech. But then, like, you see Dusty Plemons and you're fucking terrified. And you see, um, I, I forget what her name is, but you see her and you're just like, oh, shit. Like, this is all going to hell. But while Daniel Kaluuya is speaking, you're still just like, fuck yeah, let's go. I am they a draw revolutionary. You- they draw you into it. You're you're watching the scene like you're at the rally, and it's like, holy shit, this is some captivating shit. And then, boom, Jesse Plemons is in the crowd. You're just like, oh fuck, like all the enjoyment that I had of that scene is over. Like I, I we can't enjoy this moment because this is the beginning of the end, and it's it's been signified in the film. And I just thought that was such a smart decision. It's just so smart to let people sit and listen to Fred Hampton speak for that long, and then just like, by the way, Jesse Plemons is in here. You didn't realize that, but like, yeah, everything's yeah. gone to shit. What you think is happening in the film is not happening in the film. Everything's gone to shit right now, and it's just like, for sure, it's just so such a good decision. It's just, it's just, that's, that's just movie chops. Like that's just such a great decision. Love yeah, yeah, like Jesse Plemons is wearing the "I'm not a cop" 101 outfit. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like, like he was about is, to go try to score is, some drugs. Like, yeah, yeah. Is, is this what freedom fighters wear? <laughs> Do I have enough denim? Can this, can this beanie also be made of denim? I think they're wearing a lot of denim out there. Like, he's like the only clean-shaven white person in that in that whole thing. Oh. They're just like, I am no, I am not a fed. Which again, to this movie's credit, great great denim work. So great jeans, great cargo jackets. Outfits in there were in yeah. here were incredible. Awesome. Incredible, incredible hats. Incredible. It's an incredible movie for beret lovers and incredible yes. movie for cargo jacket lovers. Yep. It looks like an off-brand Bonnie Bear in that scene. <laughs> the he does. The only failed outfit in this movie is the first scene uh, with Fred Hampton, and he's wearing that um, uh, camo um, bucket hat. That's a weird choice. I'm going to pause this, but 
I did not realize before this film how beautiful Daniel Kaluuya was. Like he, gorgeous man. He radiates on screen. I, I I couldn't take my eyes off the guy. Like he's, he's thick boy in he's this movie so too. Good looking, and it's just like wow. Like that guy's got it. That that guy he can do whatever the hell oh, yeah. he wants to do in Hollywood, man. He's just got everything. He put yeah, on he some weight like, to portray Fred Hampton yeah. too. Yeah, yeah well, but which it, was kind of understated. But yeah. It's but it's strength weight. Like he looks like he's benching three plates yeah. for fun. Like yeah. he is thick. He's got it, man. Like it's scary uh, how much he's got it. <laughs> they need to let Brian Tyree Henry play a, a black person who died, so he can so he can get it get out of the park too. We need that. <laughs> we need this, bro. We need this badly. They both occupy some, kind of the same. I mean, obviously, Kaluuya's taking a step ahead, but they both occupy sort of the same space in my mind. I think they're going to end well. up even at some point. They're going to end up, we're going to look back and we're going to end up even at some point. But it's just, oh, he's sure. got to, when Kaluuya had get out and then now he's got this one, I, Brian Tyree Henry's got to be the leading man or, or, or basically the leading man or the supporting role in a film that just like completely bangs and goes crazy. And he's been in a lot of good shit, but he hasn't been in anything that like, at least in like a large enough role in anything that's like super super dope, but it's going to happen. It, he, he's going to get his moment for sure. Um, I knew we haven't I talked knew about the scene. had it when I saw Widows, and he was the best part of that movie, being on screen for like ten. He minutes. He was on screen for like ten minutes. He literally stole the film. There's my uh, in Sicario. He has one very specific scene. It, the scene is like right after um, they go to like tucson or phoenix or something to Mm -hmm. like uh uh uh, speak to people being deported and daniel kalua shows up and for like when he shows up he takes a beat and does like a model pose in a very tense scene because it's 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 right when we're trying to like figure out what's really happening but like he poses like next to the car and he gives you these eyes like oh i'm in love with this man (laughs) he is He's too beautiful. Make Sicar- Kaluuya that black cowboy that we're talking about on Twitter today. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Sicario is a super dark film, man. That film is depressing, but it's so oh. good. And then they like they fucked it up so hard with the second movie. They literally just made it into like an action movie, and I was like, "What is this? Like, where's yeah, the like- grittiness that we had in this first film? Where's the edge of Wait. this film?" Where is the scathing review of the U.S. government <laughs> yes. and, and how they're fighting secret wars, but also funding drug cartels? Nope. Now we're just going to make it a, 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 a fight movie. Okay. It's going to be on every TV in America. Nope. We'll even make the papers in El Paso. It's my favorite line from any movies. Nope. Won't even make the papers in El Paso. And they just killed people on a oh highway. What a film, uh, man. Um, yeah, so that is uh, our discussion. Oh, I, hold on. Go ahead. I have, I have yeah, one more scene. And more it's notes. The, it's only one other scene, and it's the scene right before the I Am Revolution speech, and it's right after the kid. Or it might be right after, um, but it's it's when Daniel Kaluuya goes and visits the, the mother of the kid that, that basically shot up all the kids, or all the, the cops at the train depot or wherever that was. And she's trying to make it a happy face but then she finally breaks and she like she says like yeah he did all that stuff like he did shoot the cops but that shouldn't be his legacy and i, I truly think that is shaka king's like summary of this film of like w- history books whatever does exist of fred hampton in a history book probably is heavier on the side of like he was a black panther and i don't know if 
you know these these police shootings really did happen uh i'm sure they did because i know this movie tried to be as historically accurate as possible but to insert a line that would be like this shouldn't be his legacy i i think is is truly telling i think it is what ultimately shocker king was going for of like what you read about fred hampton is not his legacy he's not just a guy that was in the black panther party that ultimately was assassinated like his legacy is that he tried to bring disenfranchised together like he tried to protect people he tried to feed the hungry he he essentially fought a tyrannical unjust system and died for it just because and not just died for it but but even either knew or was well aware of the risk that he would die for it he was like i'm 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 willing to do that i'll die for the people because at 21 dude like that's so fucking great 21 years old being like yeah i'm ready to die for this shit like you gotta know, tell y'all, I'm not dying for this podcast. Well, I'm, I'm not. Selling y'all out so I'm not. And like, <laughs> you know, like, there's a lot of people who are very involved in politics now and are like very about activism and things like that. But like, most of it's us, different. we ain't we ain't trying to die for this shit. Like, if it really came down to it. But Fred Hampton at 21 was like, yeah, fuck it. I I am about the people. I will die for the people. Like. Oh, a scene that I miss that is sort of like one of the biggest scathing reviews and how frightening this this whole situation was is when they invite that guy who's supposed to be sort of like a, uh, not a refugee, but like a person on the hideout from the feds who they oh, say yeah. Yeah. killed somebody, but he's actually the informant and he just killed someone to get the other Black yeah. Panthers off of his trail. He called somebody and, else an informant and killed them yeah. while being an and, informant. And then he and Lakeith are having that conversation where neither mm-hmm. one knows that they're actually informants. You want to talk that about tense. Like, you want to talk about tense. I was. I had forgotten about that scene. It is intense. That shit was so he, intense. Yeah, and then he learns, wait, he wasn't, you know, Jesse Plemons learns, like, wait, he's not the actual informant. He's like, no, what? Like, Which is a, he's a okay. Wild. He's like okay to is it? it, it, it he learns that the U.S. government is it's okay to kill people like yeah, basically unimpunity. Yeah. yeah, with impunity rather with impunity well, to, to maintain your cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a truly wild impunity immunity. I don't know. It's truly a wild scene to have Jesse Plemons go through that motion because in real life there was like something like nine ten informants working the chicago chapter alone which is like, absolutely wild <laughs> william o'neill was not the only one like there were multiple that didn't know of each other so in real life whoever jesse Plymouth's real character is absolutely knew who that person yes was. and I, I i don't know how that scene would have played out i don't know how it would have worked on the script and i don't i i I guess they just didn't want to make Jesse Plemons that, you know, overt villain of like, of course, let them kill each other. It's fun that way. But it, I, I think it would have been a little bit of extra spice had Jesse Plemons been like, oh, no, that the guy they killed was not the informant. Like, what are you talking about? It's kind of a funny beat. It's kind of a funny beat from Keith where he's like, shit, I would have killed him. Like, <laughs> yeah, shit. Twice. Yeah, shit. You wouldn't even... You wouldn't even know what I would have done to him. You're like, okay. Some he's of just our- sort of like, oh, oh, God. He got home. He's like, uh. we forgot to talk about the truly wildest scene. He gets the, the the sleep drugs, the powder, the whatever it is from a pimp. Literally from a oh, pimp. Oh, yeah. Lil, Lil Ray. And, and by the way, Little Rail does a great job <laughs> when he's like, hey, baby, it ain't nothing. Like, it's all right, baby. Like, I'm just going to, like, he just does such a great job in the scene. 
I appreciated his performance because he's just like he's just so cool. He's just like, hey, I ain't saying nothing. Man. Listen, I'll just drop this here. Like, whatever you want to do with it, I'm just gonna leave now. Like, I'm gone. Like, <laughs> he basically would have been like, I've never seen that powder in my life. Like, he just like, gave it to me. What? Maybe maybe I'm mistaken. Like, my bad. Maybe I made a mistake. I just thought it was like such a cool. He's so and cool, again, comic collective, which is the exact opposite of what William <laughs> O'Neill is in that scene. Of like, who the fuck are you? Why are you talking to me? Why are you giving me random shit? And he's just like, hey, man, it's cool. Then gives like, him no. his. ID, his fake yeah. ID. Yeah. <laughs> Another great Coach Boone moment, just sitting on that banana being like, he's going to ask for it eventually and bam. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that scene was that was almost like a horror scene. Like He's like, who are you? What are you doing? And he's just like, oh, I'm I'm not here. I'll what do you honest, mean? I can see like that scene. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I've lost the plot here a little bit. Like, not gonna lie. I was like, what are, I, what are we doing? Yeah, it was, it was poorly misconstrued. I, I think its intended purpose was that to show that we're watching you. Well, not, not even that, because I don't, I don't think he was a G-man. Like, I don't think he was in the FBI. I think it was just another informant that was stuck in the game. That like, that's how I read it. Was like, that's how I read it. His handler was like, hey, you need to hand this guy this stuff. That's your job today. I read it as he was like in sort of in the FBI, but you know that I'm a dumb person. Um, yeah. Anything else, guys? Anything else we gotta talk about regarding Judas and the Black Messiah? All time title. This is a great title. Great title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we are gonna be drafting uh, black biopics. Wait, real quick. African American biopics. I just want to point out that this is like the first of the straight to HBO Max movies that was actually good. Like they, yes. They gave us a banger here instead of giving us fucking Wonder Woman 1984 and the little things. Like A movie that sucked so bad we didn't even talk about. I didn't even watch the little things. I saw so many bad oh, reviews so and I said, boring. never mind. So boring. I'm also not a huge Jared Leto fan, but that's a different conversation. Well, um, yeah, it, that... Oh. That movie was set out to accomplish nothing and it accomplished nothing. It was a it was a true detective episode that they're like, but what if it was like a movie? <laughs> but like, no, for like uh, two what if hours we, long. What if we scraped off like all the underlying tension and the, the fear that's in true detective and we also put Sam Raimi in there who's just gonna mumble his way. See what happens. So boring. Didn't do anything. That movie sucked. Um, yeah, HBO Max finally gave us one. Thank you. Where yeah. do you go, team? I'm gonna see. Uh, I am gonna see Kong, uh, Godzilla versus Kong in theaters. Oh, I am. Since like, Texas I'm, is now open, guys, didn't you get the message? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm. I'm gonna take a day off work, and I'm just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have that movie on repeat. I'm gonna pay the hundred and fifty dollars to have that theater to myself, so I can watch <laughs> that movie. Oh, I yeah, I'd be here for that. Man, I just found out that Alamo declared bankruptcy and is like selling to. Like a brokerage firm or something, so I don't even know what to do anymore. I don't know what theater I'm gonna rent out. Uh, we gotta decide what movie we're gonna do. We'll do that at the end of the episode. But we are drafting uh black biopics. Um, so what was the order? I'm last first. Dex, Jake, Roy, and Teach. Dex, Jake, Roy, and Teach. Top four black. Biopics. Calling it out, Royden's going to get lost in the sauce at the turn going into yes. the second round. <laughs> yes. Maybe. All right. So I'm up first. Honestly, like, this would be a draft where I would trade back if I could. Like, get more value. Yeah. I don't really know what to pick <laughs> number one overall. 
like there's a obviously there's a lot of great black biopics but like picking a number one overall pick for me is tough it's a tough spot yeah um i do have a question though a clarification are we allowing for many technically mini series sure no you can't pick the temptation fuck you (laughs) (laughs) with my first pick i'm picking the temptation Damn. Damn. I love the Temptations. I incredible. Legitimately, like that was one of our like at my house, that was one of our like Sunday, like we're cleaning the house things. Like either we would put on gospel music or we would put on the Temptations miniseries. So I I grew up watching that series. I didn't realize it was a miniseries until I was like grown yeah, me neither i thought it was a film yeah because we just watched it like straight through as like one long ass movie but i didn't find out until i was an adult that that's like technically two parts but uh yeah man the, like iconic line after iconic line ain't nobody coming to see you otis is a part of my everyday vocabulary I, I just love the temptations. So like I said, I would have traded back in this draft if we could trade. Oh, back, you actually but. were taking it. I yeah. I thought we were just like riffing on that. Well done. Good for you. Yeah, I'm taking it. I would trade back if I could. That's fine. But since I'm number one overall, fuck it. Temptations. Sometimes you Swear. can't take a kicker in the first. There's no shame in that. <laughs> All uh, right, Jake. I I mean like. It, it, it number one all of all it, it is the Christian McCaffrey. I don't. It's sitting right here. It is Malcolm X. Brother starving. <laughs> that brother starving. So good. <laughs> and there's there's so you can tell there was a lot of inspiration from Malcolm X and Spike Lee that was that was put into Judas and the Black Messiah. There's Definitely. a couple of scenes that like are are really good homages to him, homages. Uh, somebody like. Somebody hit me in my DMs on Twitter because I said homages a couple of homages. episodes ago. It's like, uh, it's homages. I was like, I don't know. Thank you for listening. A homemade is what we're looking for. <laughs> it's or divorce. Uh, or divorce. <laughs> no, it's good. We did this day. One of the greatest travesties of all time was Al Pacino winning uh, Best Actor for Scent of a Woman, a bullshit nonsense movie that is just crap. Uh, and Denzel should have won Best Actor for Malcolm X because that movie is just it it, it is a masterpiece. It is Can incredible. I admit something you I've like? Never, you never woman? seen Sentinel Woman? No, I haven't seen Malcolm X in full. I also haven't seen Malcolm X in full, which is why it's I about absolutely. it's about nineteen hours, but you have to watch it. Yeah, I will. That's the reason I haven't watched it because it's all the way through. It's, it's extremely long. Like, like three hours. Three, really it's extremely hours long. long, but it's it's a great watch. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's, it is top notch, Denzel. Yeah, we have been it bamboozled, hoodwinked, let astray, run amok. Yeah, it is. It is Denzel throwing heaters for yeah the whole time. He was getting bars and off. Fact, like he was really getting decades. bars off. And once again, movies tend to replace history, so people. 10 to this movie is three hours and 22 yeah. minutes long. Oh it's God. long, man. Damn. Sorry. We have Jake. podcasts that are longer, but it, um, is, it movies, is a banger. Movies tend to replace history in people's mind because it's easier to consume than actually reading a book. And Malcolm X, the movie, it tends to exist in people's mind as the actual Malcolm X. And once again, it's a little off and serves its own purposes, but like Spike Lee kept it as close to the real person, uh, 
as he could. So even if you just want to watch it for the historical context, it's it's an incredible film. Got to cover a lot. Got to cover a lot of shit leading up for oh, yeah, like, Texas, even though it was, he had a short life. But um, he, he, there was the, every every era that they cover in the film has relevant things to the rest of the film. So you can't even, cover like three decades, though. Yeah, you life. can't even <laughs> figure out where the cuts would be. But you just know that something needs to be cut. But you can't really tell what needs to be cut. So you just enjoy it. Uh, my number one overall pick is He Got Game. Um, no, just kidding. I was about uh, to say, wait, was, who's that? Film? I was gonna let. I was, I was gonna let you run. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Is that a Ray, Ray <laughs> Allen biopic? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Shuttlesworth. <laughs> um, no, I, I've taken this before, and I, and I'll always take this in in any uh, biopic draft that we do. Uh, Straight out of Compton is <clears throat> one of my favorite films of the last decade for sure um that also being like o'shea jackson jr's first film um you know it it it's so fucking good man and so incredibly well paced and just for a biopic about a group that lasted how many years was nwa like four that many yeah, like it made two albums, things one got, without Ice Cube. Things like, got fucked up very fast. Yeah, yeah, like the it's so quickly paced and entertaining, and just for a tough story, just a fun watch. You know, that's tough to tough to say about their struggle, but it is sort of an just a fun, entertaining watch, um, especially when they're like pointing guns at other people in hotel rooms and like ah, just it's. It's so so cool. Yeah, that's what I would say. It's a cool movie. It is just a cool movie. <laughs> so yeah, uh, straight out of a cup. movie that teaches you the horrors of Suge Knight. Ooh, god damn! Not the only movie that uh, teaches you those horrors, but definitely one of them. True. There are so many uh, horrors. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to call you out and say that was a dumb pick. You should have actually taken the original Straight Outta Compton, Chris Rock's CB4. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke, I think, only for Tej, but I'm happy to throw it out there. Love that movie. (laughs) It was the Straight Outta Compton before Straight Outta Compton. If anybody cares, Chris Rock parodies NWA, amongst other early 90s uh, rap and hip-hop groups. Incredible, incredible performance. It's actually a really good movie. It's really stupid, but it's really funny. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, y'all All left. Right. Y'all left the number one overall seed on the board. Um, I don't believe that. I took Malcolm X. It the, is off the board. Okay, Malcolm X is probably number one seed, but the second greatest <laughs> black biopic of all time, which might be the first greatest black biopic of all time, is easily, easily what's love got to do with it. It's the greatest yeah. film of all time. Oh, it is incredible. You go back and watch that shit today. It just bangs. Lawrence Fishburne is incredible. Angela Bassett is incredible. Oh, is that the Tina Turner? I do. Yes. Oh my God. Uh-huh. It's it's just so that is my favorite black biopic by far. My second choice is going to be a bit of a deep cut because a lot of people haven't seen this film, but it is some a film that I love, and uh, it is called Why Do Fools Fall in Love. It is the biopic of Frankie Lyman, who was a musician. And, you know, at like most biopics that deal with musicians, there are ups and there are downs and there are high points of his career and low points of his career. But the greatest scene in black cinema history is he is on a coke bender at his house um, and he is just like cheating with random women, cheating on his wife, just being a complete piece of shit. And the mailman comes to the door to deliver a package and he opens the door 
And the mailman looks at him and looks at the parcel and says, Frankie Lyman, I thought you were dead. And the look on Frankie Lyman's face when this mailman <laughs> thought that he was dead is the greatest moment in black cinema history. So I'm taking Why Did Fools Fall in Love. Uh, Damn, there is some film. fucking... Vivica A. Fox, Halle Berry. Damn. All, all of them play women that he was just like randomly sleeping with and breaking their hearts. It is the wildest film. It is so much fun. But Frankie Lyman <laughs> lived a wild fucking life. And Clifton Powell's in this movie too with Lorenz Tate. This is just yeah. a Ray remake. Lorenz Lorenz Tate is the lead of this film, and Lorenz Tate uh, never got his flowers of being black cinema excellence for like <laughs> ten years running. He was fucking bodying everything, and he doesn't get his flowers anyway. Support Lorenz Tate. All right, uh, my next pick. Ooh, tough one. I'm gonna go with American Gangster. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, just mostly for Denzel smashing that dude's head in a piano. That's and alpaca. Shooting it, and you shooting blocked that it, shit. It, you blocked that shit. <laughs> and then shooting. What you going to do, Frank? Shoot me in the middle of the street? <laughs> what are you going to do? Stab me, man who was stabbed? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I'll watch that scene just over and over again on YouTube just for the comedy of it. What it's are you going to do? Shoot me Shoot from me the Frank? middle of the day in front of everybody? <laughs> just kills him dead. It's incredible. And then uh, just like Common and everybody else are like, oh shit. Like, it, it, uh, um, it's great. And it's also pretty good Russell Crowe performance as well. It's way too long. The movie It's way, way too, too long. long. And also uh, half the Russell Crowe stuff you could cut, but the yeah. funniest thing of that film is that this film was being worked in Hollywood and of course Jay-Z did the soundtrack slash album for it but Jay-Z really wanted to play Frank Lucas but then we got a fucking Denzel doing like peak Denzel and it's fun laughable that Jay-Z ever thought that he had a chance to start this film because <laughs> you Denzel, see what Denzel Denzel is so good he's so good in the film like Jay-Z he, can't act like what are we doing <laughs> He has the most Denzel walk <laughs> swagger I've ever seen. Like the joke about Denzel walking, like it's it's the American Gangster training day walk. Like he just takes it to another where it's like the shoulders and the and the I don't know, just the limp. It's incredible. That's peak it, Denzel, strong, silent type, complete wild man cinema. He's just going for it. He's just so good. I love that film. Denzel it's is one long. of the coolest like speaking people <laughs> Dude, who's ever existed. Like every time that he just he gets to like talking real fast about whatever the fuck it just he's just fucking cool all the time. It's blue magic. It's a that's a brand, brand name. name. It's like Coke. <laughs> they know that better than they know Pepsi. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Shoot me Frank? In front of oh, I then, love, love yeah, that man film. says love. nothing and just shoots him straight in the face. <laughs> love that film. Twenty percent. Oh. All right, Jake. There's one I want to take, but I'm pretty sure I can get it at the turn. So, look, I get it. This was kind of a partially hated movie, but I always love it because I do love American history, and to see it told through somebody that is low-key forgotten in the eyes of history that had a kind of a big impact i'm gonna take the butler lee daniels the butler you can boo me that movie was the all-time oscar baitiest movie oh for sure absolutely nothing for sure just just Ah. for sure 
<laughs> Amongst everything Lee Daniels has ever accomplished, quote, nothing. <laughs> that I mean, that, that's all that movie is. It, it, it's just, please give me a award. Please, please God, give me God. an Oscar. Give me an award. Uh, but... <laughs> It's, it's member berries for president. Remember Reagan? <laughs> oh yeah, no, it truly is. But he was a president. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the scene of of Jackie still covered in, in blood, like no, that was that's what that's like that was shot specifically for like look what we could put on the Oscars at, when we get when we win. It, I want to say not it was nominated a, for something. Sorry, go ahead. It was nominated. I think it was nominated for a couple of things, but truly, like it is, it is not a great film. But to tell the story of a guy that like was a butler for presidents and a servant job position that actually had historical impact, like cool, terrible way to tell it. Did a shitty job of it, but still, like it, it is a cool story. It was nominated for two Baftas. Oh, thanks, British. <laughs> and an AARP annual movie for grown-up award. <laughs> I'm sorry, the AARP is handing out movie for grown-ups? I did not know that, but that's incredible that that <laughs> I need to attend this award show. Lee Daniels, the <laughs> butler, was on the front page of Redbox outside of every CVS for three years. I bet you could probably... Like I bet you could write them like a quick email, be like, "Hey, can I get tickets to this?" And the AARP festival people would be like, "Absolutely, nobody attends this. Please come fill seats." I mean, this year, yeah, nobody's coming to the AARP. Well, I, I bet maybe they'll year, all like, be vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the first group. This is true. <laughs> I gotta say though, like, uh, I forget who it was. I think it was. Uh, what the what the fuck is his name? Doesn't matter. Somebody once made like an observation about a movie that it was like something that could only like we would only think is good in the in the Obama era, like after Trump came around. That's some shit we would never like do again. That's how I feel about the Butler. Like this shit for sure would only exist under an Obama presidency. <laughs> Nobody for sure like post twenty sixteen would be like you know what would be a great idea. No a movie about this black Butler. That's why it was during those eight. Was just like, Ugh. it was during those eight years when we thought for sure we just cured racism. Like it's over, it's done with. It is a nice time capsule. Guys, black president, everything's okay. It's done. It's done. Systematic oppression over. Yeah, you told me that, Dex. I think you said that's the most Obama era movie ever. <laughs> I'm you not sure I agree that. with Dex. I think somebody would still have the audacity to make that shit, and we're gonna see a movie like it in like two years. They just made they Coming made to Green America. Book. They just made Green Book, and they just made Coming to America too, which literally the plot driving device they use is a date rape, and they're just like, yeah, 2021, <laughs> throw it out there. It literally like that happened. Shout out to my father-in-law who did watch it. Way to go, Toby. I will never, but thank you for telling me not to watch it. Dead second like, pick, third, second and third pick. All right, so this is another one that I like grew up on, and I've seen probably too many times but it's lean on me i i just fucking damn it that, that was my next pick <laughs> dude that movie's so good for no it's the greatest reason. film of, greatest film of all time it has no you smoke crack, don't you <laughs> you like you start off like oh that's the that's the morgan freeman free mr yeah. clark free mr clark to joe clark dude 
That movie starts out on 10. They like play Welcome to the Jungle and then you like see like yeah. a bunch of rapes and like kids getting stabbed at school and shit. Like, he like, walks around with a bat and said, call me Batman. It's incredible performance. Morgan Freeman is a hero. I just love it. You smell crack, don't you? And like, uh, honestly, like the East High like song or whatever will be sung at family gatherings and in my family, like after everybody's had a little bit of alcohol, just fair. Man, that film is. <laughs> a lot of people have never seen that film, and that is an American classic. That shit is incredible. It has everything. Uh, if you have BET, like, how have you not seen that movie before? Because it was true. on literally every single weekend. <laughs> That's peak Warren Morgan think, Freeman right there. That shit is incredible. Do you incredible. think Roy Nogletree's household was watching BET <laughs> in Livingston, Texas? <laughs> yes. yes. I'm going Damn with yes. <laughs> you were watching BET fully- Uncut with the rest of us. I'm going with yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then my next pick after that. God damn it! That ruined my draft. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with a recent one. I'm gonna go with uh, Hidden Figures. Sure. Yeah, I just yeah, I was I was leaning on maybe taking that. One. That movie is just delightful. Like it just feels so good, so pleasant. Disneyfication aside, the film just feels great. It's yeah. just great. And Janelle Monae is in it, which is always a great thing. Janelle so. Monae, like, apparently, like, does not miss. I mean, I didn't see that, like, weird slavery that movie. Antebellum yeah. movie. I didn't see Antebellum, bad. but that, it, oh, looked, it, don't. it didn't look great. It is. I pretend, Did you it watch is. It, I pretend I do not it see it. It is a travesty. <laughs> it is, it a, is travesty. a travesty on wheels. Like I love Janelle Monae. I'm going to get high and watch it one day. I, I am in love with Janelle Monae. I'm literally going to get high and watch it. In my head canon, Janelle Monae has only done Moonlight and Hidden Figures, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I pretend I do not see it when it comes to Annabellum. But, yeah, Hidden Figures it's, is great. Um, the soundtrack is really good. Movie. Pharrell did his thing. I still listen to some of the songs on the soundtrack every now and then. Taraji B. Henson gave a great performance. It just... It's a movie that just feels good to watch, you know? And I think we need more of that, you know, just celebrating black women and just feeling good real quick watching a movie. So, Her best performance, her most notable performance outside of... It's probably Moonlight. No, uh, not Janelle. Uh, Taraji I really, do, to be honest with you, I don't even know, like, what role made Taraji I would, I'm gonna go with hidden just fi- I'm going to go with Hidden Figures. It's her she most, shows I mean, up. She was nominated a, for Oscar for for that for sure. Yeah, she shows up in a movie I wanted to take, but I nobody really knows her. It was a movie that kind of fell under the radar. Damn it! And of course, you have Kevin Costner in that movie being like, "We all pissed the same." <laughs> like it's just <laughs> God. That the Kevin Costner stuff in that film is just so bad. It's just awful. But it's the otherwise the film is vacation white savior. Uh, otherwise, the yeah. film is pretty good. It 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 feels good. <laughs> The one thing that's weird is that they have um, Sheldon Cooper be the racist. (laughs) 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 Which is like, eh. That was a bold choice. Yeah, not very menacing, but, you know, I guess you don't have to be. Uh, Yeah, there are plenty of not menacing racists, but it just felt weird watching. (laughs) Just felt weird watching (laughs) Sheldon Cooper be racist. Um,. Oh, Janelle Monáe was also in that Welcome to Marwin film, which tanked. Oh, because it was terrible. I pretend I do not see it. It was. It's awkward. It's janky. It's not great. Ooh, Antebellum got a twenty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Big yikes! Big yikes! All right, Jake. Uh, 
I'm I'm happy to take this. Uh, I'm taking another Denzel vehicle. That's fantastic. I'm taking the Hurricane. Mm, great film. It's a great movie. Um, another travesty. He deserved to have won the Oscar. He got beat out by Kevin Spacey in American Beauty. Yeah, that hasn't aged well, especially because American Beauty fucking is a, a steamy pile of shit. So, hasn't aged oh, well. Oh, really? I hate American- that film. First of all, Kevin Spacey is creepy. And literally, the plot yeah. of this film is Kevin Spacey is creepy. So it's it's like- I don't know <laughs> if I can rewatch that movie now, honestly. It, it has no rewatchability at it all. Doesn't. It doesn't. Like- you want to see the most beautiful thing in the world? Trash bag. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tweet Look. that occasionally when I see when I see like a floating bag in like a uh, Walmart parking lot or something like that, and nobody gets it. <laughs> Look, no one understands it. I just tweet. You want to see the most beautiful thing in the world? The correct and reference no, is to say, "Do you ever feel like a plastic bag?" The Katy Perry reference will work better than the American Beauty reference. Do you right. ever feel like a- um, no, Hurricane is great. Uh, what is the hurricane look, about? Love. I've never heard of this movie. An imprisoned boxer. Yeah, yeah. boxer was was he wrongfully imprisoned? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, he was. Yeah. And he unfortunately is mostly well known because Bob Dylan was a huge advocate for him, actually like visited him in prison constantly and wrote a song called The Hurricane, which is very fun and catchy and basically dust over the fact that this guy is just wrongfully imprisoned because he happens to be black. Um so I guess get a history lesson from Bob Dylan if you just want a three-minute backstory on it. I forgot Sam Mendes did American Beauty. He did. Oh boy. Oh. Hey, nineteen seventeen happened, and so it was all worth yeah, it. Yeah, like he 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 grew up like he he hit Road to Perdition right after. He oof. did the best James Bond movie, so he did do Skyfall. It is all. It was all worth it. Um. My next pick is uh, one. I don't think it's the best movie in the world. And we talked wax poetic about it and made okay. fun of it till no end. Once again, the butler has already been taken. <laughs> so I don't know what you're trying to do here, but it's it's already off the board. I think he's gonna go with the help. He's like, I'm just gonna go with the help. Oh, oh God. God, Jesus! <laughs> Eat my shit. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm taking Emma Stone to the help because she doesn't see color, and neither do I. God. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Ray. Uh, had to be had to come off the board. Eventually. Great value here. Great value at this yeah, Listen uh, to our Ray episode. I was not a part of it, but listen to it anyway. One of our funnier episodes, I will say, just because we make fun of a blind guy. But um, <laughs> We make fun of the woman fucking the blind guy. <laughs> Yeah, the surroundings of uh, the the it falls into the biopic stereotypes of the that are just ma- made fun of so hard in Dewey Cox, and we talked about it at length. But it's uh, you don't want to do this drug, Ray. I kind of want to do the drugs, um, but it's a it's an all time performance from Jamie Fox and one that will live you don't on. Want any part of this shit? Yeah. It'll it'll live on forever, and his portrayal as Ray is is incredible. Now the story gets lost a little bit in and of itself. Uh, they cure racism, if you didn't know, by the end of the sure. movie, uh, with just a song. Just that's all yeah. we have to. Yeah. Uh, that's been cured. All we needed. The state yeah, of Georgia so, apologized officially, and so that yeah. absolved them of all the racism. True. Yep. True. Um, but yeah, it it it's very stereotypical <clears throat> biopic slop, not slop, but. Slock or slocky, slocky, shocky, schlock is what I was looking for as the word. But um, 
it's a still surrounded by a great uh, performance. Is it my by turn? Jamie Foxx. Yes. Am I picking two or just picking one? Two. So yeah, you take us the fourth. Even though my next film happens to start Matthew Broderick, I'm getting great value here. I'm going with Glory. You get Tim. You yeah. get a. Uh, uh, Morgan Freeman, Absolutely. Denzel Washington. There's really nothing more to say there. It's a great film. You get the glory tier. Denzel's first. Oscar get the glory too. tier. Peak meme. Great Denzel performance. And then uh, for my next pick, I'm gonna go with uh, Ryan Coogler's uh, film that I will never watch again. Uh, oh. uh, Fruitvale Station. Uh, it's great. It it gave us Michael B. Jordan as a movie star. Uh, it's really really effective. I will never watch it again, but I will draft it here. No desire to watch that yeah. movie is upset. I gotta be I will honest, never watch dude, it again. I, I I've been watching it the first time because because I don't I don't want to I don't want to feel bad that way. That is a hard. You want to talk about on the heartstrings? That isn't. I couldn't even be that mad. I was just so incredibly sad and empty, and I just said, "Oh, I'm not repeating the experience. I enjoyed that film. I'll say all the good things about it in the world. I would recommend it to anyone. I will never watch it again." Um, what's the thing with like people and Michael B. Jordan all of a sudden? People are, are out on Michael B. Jordan right, right yeah, now. People are really out on Michael B. Jordan. I'm not a part of those people. I think Michael B. Jordan's great. I don't think yeah, he's either. like I don't think he's Kaluuya level, like that kind of level. But no. I think Michael B. Jordan's great. Doesn't have to be. Listen, I'll put on Creed and do an edible and have the time of my life every time. I just. He gained like fifty pounds of muscle for that film. It was beating the shit out of everybody. Just sign me up. I'm in. I'm just always so in. over the top in Black Panther. <laughs> He's one of those. Yeah, that's what say. I was like, I just love him. If you're gonna watch, if you're gonna pop an edible and watch Creed, I'll just pop an edible and watch him taking off his shirt and revert <laughs> like over and over again in Black Panther. See, like all the dots for all the people he's killed. Like ooh, ooh, just play that over and over again. He's just one of like those movie Jordan. star people that you're like. That's Michael B. Jordan in every role that he plays, but. I'm on board. I'm with it. Let's go. I'm in. Yeah, it's going to be in I a think, Tom Clancy military propaganda movie. Yeah, I'm in. So. It's like watching yeah. Matt Damon. Every time you see a Matt Damon movie, you're like, hey, that's Matt Damon. But, like, I'm in a tank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final pick. Let's see. I just did uh, Ray. What is going I don't know. There's still a big one on the board. Yeah, I I want to go with Ali just because of... Uh, That's what I was thinking. Yeah, just because yeah. of Will, Will Smith's performance. That was one of the first ones where we were like, oh, he's not he's not yelling at aliens guy. You know what I mean? And he actually sounds and looks a lot like Muhammad Ali. It's really incredible. Um, it's not the best movie in the world. Obviously, it's kind of slow-paced, but... Uh, his performance is one that I think where he's still kind of chasing the white rabbit for for that in his career. He honestly. nails the he nails the cadence. It's just it's you feel like you're watching Muhammad Ali and no matter if the movie's good or bad, if as long as I feel like I'm actually spending time with the person the struggle figure that's supposed to be, that's half the battle because you don't always get that. Well, I didn't know that Muhammad Ali sounded like that until mm-hmm. Ali. I'm just, I just always seen the fights. I didn't mm-hmm. know and of course his the way why he's one of the greatest of all time is just the way that he talked and wrapped himself around it got in the minds of any fighter that he was ever gonna the trash talk was impeccable i just didn't know that he sounded like that Muhammad it's Ali, actually a really incredible way of 
speaking and talking that he's able to capture in that movie. Muhammad Ali basically invented hip hop, so there's not much more you can say about that. But he literally basically invented hip hop. I'm so modest I can't even admit my own faults. <laughs> uh, it's on Jake or yeah, it's on Dex. That's Jake. Jake. Well, it's me. Uh, I'm I'm taking a value pick. I'm taking a movie that. I, I think people like, but it flew under the radar. Um, I'm taking 2007's Talk to Me, starring Don Cheadle and uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Taraji P. Henson is in it. Cedric the Entertainer, Mike Epps. It's a good movie. It's really entertaining. If you ever want to learn about uh, Ralph Green, um, he had a talk show, a radio talk show in D.C. where he was extremely subversive. Um, I think it was from like 70 to like the 80s it's once again movie not true to the actual real history but it still does a really good job about a person that probably nobody outside of DC really knew about but is still very entertaining very interesting didn't get enough love I really enjoyed it it's a good movie I mean it's Don, Don Cheadle never misses yeah he never misses he's really good in that film too Dex final pick take us home so yeah I'm just I this has been the Dex Nostalgia Draft. Like, I'm not picking the best movies or whatever, but, you know, just going to take us home on a DVD cart banger from, you know, Substitute <laughs> Future Days at school. Give me Pursuit of Happiness, another Will Smith vehicle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. DVD True. cart. Forgot that counted as a biopic. Banger. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot that. Well, it's such a, like, a, we associate that with Will Smith. Yes, it's like yeah. it's, it's like it's that's an unbelievable story. Yeah. We don't know that real guy, so it's like this is a Will Smith film, but it's yeah, like that's, that's a real true. story. He's just a, such an unknown dude that yeah, it's yeah. Just, this is oh, this is Will Will Smith made up this character. And yeah, he's acting <laughs> with Jade. Like yeah, it just feels like it's. Uh, I it's cried. It's I don't think a, I've ever cried harder. Uh, well, Marley and me, but um, listen, I don't think I've ever cried harder than when he's locked himself inside the bathroom. And oh, Jayden's and the dude's like, yeah, Jayden's destroying asleep, the door, and he's trying to, and he's like blocking it and like sleeping on towels on the middle of the bathroom floor, and mm. he's—I don't think I've ever cried harder. Crazy, I was just like, or like the the scene where uh, Jaden like wants to like be an NBA player or whatever. <laughs> Will Smith's yeah. just like, nah, you suck, and then he like switches up in the middle of it for whatever reason. Oh, it's so good. Makes no sense, but it was so good. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a movie where it actually showed the real Chris Gardner, and everybody was like, who was that guy at the end? Yeah. Guy well, that walks that? past walks. him on the street. <laughs> what was the point of that? That was weird. Anyway, that was a good Will Smith movie. Uh, some movies we forgot. 12 Years a Slave, a movie that a lot of people never want to watch again. A movie well, we we will, I will never watch. We I'm sorry. It. I'm good. I don't need that. Sorry, Brad Pitt. Uh, we, we didn't forget it. Sorry, Brad Pitt. Uh, let's see. Get on up, as well as 42. Rest in peace, Chadwick. Get Rest on up peace. is just okay. Yeah, get on up is, is very not. Get on up is a movie that could have been successful, but it it is an ADD interpretation of James Brown's life that like it, it goes into six different places uh, at once. 
Notorious with an interesting Anthony Mackie portrayal. Don't even start. No, no Anthony Mackie movies will be allowed into this draft, so I'm glad there's a lot of draft this. Selma, of course. Mm-hmm. I guess they, course. they've counted that as a biopic. Does Hotel Rwanda count? If it does, then as it a biopic. I would say no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember if there's a, 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 a person who's centered in the plot of that film or not. I guess there probably is. I mean, is. It's, it's Don Cheadle's character, but... Yeah. Was that a real I, person? What, is he playing a real character? Yeah, that you didn't know that? I yeah. thought he was... No, I didn't think he was playing a real character. No, he played a real character, a guy that's actually in prison right now. That movie fucking uh, bangs, so that's a great choice. That movie is great. It's hard to watch, but it's great. Yeah, we that was the one we watched in school too. Like I think we actually watched it like for like history class. That's a dark like, film to watch in school. I don't I'm glad I did yeah, not watch it. Yeah, it was a school. very That's dark a dark film. film. It was one of those like we can't really talk about uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rwanda. Like it's not really in our textbooks or whatever. Like Texas didn't prepare us for that, but we're just going to put on this movie. So here you go. A movie that um is not good, but will uh, give you chills every time you watch one scene. Is Men of Honor about the uh, uh, black scuba diver? Yep. And, and just a racist Robert De Niro. But uh, <laughs> let's see. We forgot Red Tails, which was supposed to be the the black film that was going to save black Hollywood, and then every all black people went to go see it because it was our black duties, and nobody liked it. We were all like, "This movie it fucking stinks." <laughs> Thank All you, CGI. Uh, that thank movie was thank just, you, George Lucas. But this film is not great, so we didn't. We this film stinks. Oh, one uh, that's kind of it falls. It's old Brian song. That's uh, a great. Yeah. Uh, another BT all time classic. That shit was on BT every week. It was always on BT. See, I thought about taking that because my sister went to Wake Forest, so like that song or that movie just existed in our household for a little while. But I was like, Brian Piccolo was white, so is this a black biopic? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean Gail Sayers, but uh, R.I.P. Um, Idris Elba is Nelson Mandela, and Mandela: Long Walk to Freedom. Is that movie good? Oh, yeah, that that kind of gets lost. It's okay. Uh, that, I mean, it's okay. I, I, mean it's, I think people like his performance. Yeah, it's it's Idris Elba is, is killing it. Like as opposed to, I think Terrence Howard also did. God, we got to stop putting Terrence Howard in stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Terrence Howard also did a Nelson Mandela portrayal, and I think. I think Long Watch of Freedom only exists to be like, this is how you do Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. Mandela. Got it, got it. I, Nelson okay. Mandela. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I want my freedom, mate. <laughs> oh, does, uh, does uh, Invictus count then? Because it's just about a white rugby team, but. Uh, Wait, how does it count then? Nelson Mandela, <laughs> is it? it? Nelson yeah. Mandela is oh, the central character. That's right, he is. I I always forget that. I I like that um, film. I never thought about it again after I watched it, but I liked it. One I thought about oh, Hustle was and last. Flow. Okay, no, that's right. not a real. Yeah, question. Come on, <laughs> that's not a. I'm come kidding. on, mate. <laughs> one. Come on, that's a main fella. Three Six um, Mafia biopic. <laughs> Uh, when I, they have an Oscar. I, you realize that? Yeah. It's hard out here for a pimp. When I try One I thought about was uh, Last King of Scotland with Forrest Whitaker. That movie is terrifying. Yeah. That's the longest movie it I've ever seen. Terrifying, and I, I don't know if I wanted to throw it out there or not because Edie Avon was a fucking monster. That, but, uh, they Forrest didn't even, Whitaker kills it. They didn't even show half the shit that Edie Avon was really doing oh. in that film. And the film is still... <laughs> Completely horrifying. Like 
Dark Knight. Oh my god, man. Cam took that in our original biopics draft when we did this the first time, so I thought about that one too. Uh, I think Dream Girls is, is on, a, on a list that I saw here. Is that a uh, actual biopic? Yep, it is. Loosely, and yeah. Cadillac Records. Oh yeah, Cadillac Records. Alright, uh, we did put out a Twitter question of things that, uh, you know, if you had to pick a biopic of a black historical figure uh i put marvin gay obviously that would have to be handled with so much care oh god Uh, look jesus (laughs) but but you know it'd be a good they'd have to make that a mini series too (laughs) yeah actually um, that would be a rough one yeah yeah i mean you have to handle it's always sort of been tossed around i think at one point jay-z had it again there were like uh, to produce it or something like that, but I'd love to see it. But yeah, I, I I highly doubt that. They better that do it right. Because oh my god. <laughs> well, you got to find somebody that sounds like Marvin Gaye. It's gonna like, be tough. First of all, I said Bobby but, Womack because Bobby Womack just an insane most disrespectful person. man of all time. <laughs> yeah, I. Yep. <laughs> Bobby be Womack, incredible. Sam Cooke situation. Just that would be a peak. We would all have to be there at midnight to watch Bobby Womack just walk around disrespecting people with no regard for life. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Teed, did you say somebody? I I asked the question of which performance is better, Jay-Z's American Gangster album or Denzel as Frank Lucas. Uh, and uh, Denzel is winning with 62% of the vote. Damn. The, the, the craziest one that I saw that actually got the most retweets, and we mentioned it just a second ago in the, uh, in the podcast, was um, a guy named Bass Reeves, which, uh, this is incredible rode out the civil war living with indigenous people first black u.s marshal west of the mississippi a noted marksman some believe he's the inspiration for the lone ranger more movie and the guy says more movies about black cowboys and this guy has an all-time mustache yeah. too that <laughs> film sounds incredible yeah that's pretty solid let Kaluuya um, do it let's see yeah i was gonna say just let him do it wait but, does, um, does Peyton full count as a biopic because if yeah. it does, then it should have been the number one pick. Yeah, yeah. It's the greatest, greatest film of all time. Mackay Pfeiffer. Greatest from Cameron is playing Cameron in the film. It is really the Cameron biopic. Uh, all right. Anything else? Baby Boy? Oh, God. Worst movie <laughs> of all time. It's probably on BET right now. Right play. now, you can throw to BET and you'll see him being born as a full adult human, which is a weird decision. They literally start the film by showing you him being born in like he's in the sack, but he's like a full adult version of himself. And I said, this is a really weird decision, John Singleton. Why did you make this decision? This is actually an incredibly bad. I know the movie's called Baby Boy, but you didn't have to act. It was so literal. Yeah. That's one of the worst movies of all time. A quick shout out to another black figure that can make a biopic about Matthew Henson. Just the greatest coat game of all time. The Arctic Explorer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, how far are we off from somebody making a Michael Jackson biopic that's going to be listen, terrible? Listen, just they don't. better not do it. Just, just don't. don't do it. We they, already have Jackson. They will. They're the, going to. We already have the Jackson's The American Dream, which is a miniseries, but I did think about taking it because it's incredible. They are absolutely going to butcher a Michael Jackson bio, biopic movie just like they did with Freddie Mercury. Uh, totally different characters, but like they completely shit on the Freddie Mercury biopic. I'm still angry about that film. 
And they tried to give it so many Oscars, dude. I still can't believe that shit. I know we all Did like they to give go it the best editing Oscar. Yeah. They tried oh. to give it a lot. And I understand we all like to go to the movies and get drunk and belt out Queen songs from the top of our lungs, but that doesn't make like that film stunk. You just like Queen songs. We all like Queen songs. Like I get it. Watch Live Aid in your house. Yes, exactly. You don't need to watch YouTube this film. Just right watch Live now. Aid. The whole thing's on YouTube right now. I've made this joke several times, but it's a movie where Freddie Mercury finds out he has full-blown AIDS and then walks out of a hospital and says, hey oh And that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's, Fuck that film. That's when he finds out he has HIV. That film existing was the main reason why I never went back to try to watch uh, Mr. Robot, because I was like, you know what? Fuck everybody involved in that film. I'm not watching Mr. Robot, though. <laughs> First season's elite. I haven't... Just- I have never seen an episode because the, he did this, and I said, I, I hate everybody involved in this film. Miss Robot's not for me. God damn, he was so boring in the in that recent movie, too. Oh. The little th- I was just Rob, about to say, we've, we've done thing. a lot of Rami Malek disrespect on this episode randomly. Yeah. That's what we should. <laughs> He's not a good actor, everybody. I haven't J- seen him be good in anything yet. Do you have anybody, Jake, that you think they should make a biopic uh, before we wrap up? I have put exactly no thought into it. Good. So <laughs> I have nothing to contribute, and I'm very sorry. No, you're good. All right, so uh, that is the One Take Pod. A little bit shorter episode, technically, than we normally do. That is a One Take Pod. You can find us at One Take Pod on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Google+. Plus. Um, not Facebook, because no thanks. But uh, we're not getting that ad money that Jake was talking about. But the you can find us on. I mean, I am. You're not. I am. <laughs> we can find, you can find us on YouTube now. Thank you for the five people that watched. Uh, you can stream this episode right now on YouTube um, and see us all just talking to each other via Zoom. But you can also find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. And. Dex, what are we doing? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. We're two months away from Black Widow, allegedly. Oh my God, give it to me now. We need it. Drop that shit. Also, watch WandaVision, because we're going to do a WandaVision episode. We might do that next. Also, Ryan the Last Dragon just came out. Yeah, but I'm not going to pay 30 bucks for it. Wait, what's The Last Dragon? Ryan the Last Dragon is the The new Disney Pixar film. Uh, yeah. Whoa! They, I'm not paying thirty bucks for it, but when it when it's yeah, free on there, I'm in. You can give you can give your local theater the money that they desperately need and risk COVID and and come out. I, you can pay thirteen bucks, get a large popcorn, and still pay less than I what can't Disney Plus because is asking my for. local theaters are not open yet. But they're about to open Disney World or Disneyland, so I'd imagine my theaters are about to be open soon. And I'm going to basically live in the Alamo Draft House near my house. I cannot fucking wait, dude. I have not been to a movie in a year and a half. I, I was lucky enough to get to see Tenet, but that was about it. I hadn't seen Tenet either. I, anyway. Um, so, yeah. Let's, uh, let's Honestly, wrap this thing up. Go don't. Ahead. Hardest to take of all time. I've seen Tenet a couple of times now. It's not good, Kareem. It's not good. Hey, man. Once I stopped trying to understand the plot of the film, I had a great time. Yeah. It's, it's a great time. But just, just ride. Just, just okay, literally, Nolan, literally don't even try to understand Nolan the film. way overshot it. Talk about movies they're going to re-release. Christopher Nolan's gonna demand they release that. That shit's gonna be in theaters for a year once it like that shit's gonna be in theaters oh. for a long time. He's 
he's going to demand and they're not going to do anything about it because he's been shitting on the Warner Brothers selling everything to HBO Max deals since they first announced it. So you use me as the canary him. in the coal mine for this shit? <laughs> yeah, he's going to demand so much and they're going to be like, that sounds cool. I hope you get to do it one day. Man, it would be crazy if all of your funding disappeared, Chris. Anyway, all right. So that has been the One Take Podcast. Support for Pew. We're out.